When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us with whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. This is your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Hope you're having a wonderful week. Before we get started with this week's guest, which I am so, so excited about, um, just wanted to announce that Lala Kent and her boyfriend, Randall Emmett, got engaged this week, which is so exciting for them. So we are seeing a lot of love on Vanderpump Rules, and season seven should just be full of love and hopefully some healthy relationships which is quite exciting. Now, get ready for my guest, the amazing Ashley Spivey. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 34. I have a very, very special and exciting guest from Bachelor Nation. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Ashley Spivey is joining me. Hi. Hi, Ashley. So you are known for not just being on Brad Womack's season, but everything that's happened since you've been on and the engagement that you've had with other people who've been on the show, and most recently, your investigative skills in (laughs) uncovering some not such great information about some of the contestants on Becca's season. How was that? <laughs> it was rough. Um, yeah, no, I, I kind of feel like um, ever since I was on the show, I've always tried to kind of pull the curtain back. Uh, right after my season, I think actually during Ashley A. Bear's season of The Bachelorette, I started a blog um, where I would do recaps and I would kind of give like, behind the scenes knowledge or, um, you know, I, I knew a lot of people in Bachelor Nation. So I tried to kind of say, you know, I know that they're being portrayed really badly on screen, but you have to know that this is being produced or, you know, you're only seeing like a little bit of this person. So um, sometimes I would do interviews with people who I felt like maybe got the bad edit. Mm -hmm. Um, just so people could get to know them better. Or I would try to talk about secrets of the show. I mean, enough that wouldn't get me in trouble. 
Um, <laughs> like violate my contract. Um, so I think I kind of became a truth teller in a way of, yeah. the, of the franchise. Um, and I've always tried to live tweet and offer my thoughts in those ways and call them out on their bullshit when I feel like they're not doing the right thing. Right. Um, I didn't love the slut shaming of Caitlyn. Yeah, that was rough. I felt like the racism that Rachel Lindsay had to deal with was not okay. <laughs> not okay at all. And then with this season, I, I don't know if maybe I was particularly sensitive to um, the screenshots that someone sent me in terms of Garrett's light. Um, but I, I kind of felt like I had to do something with that information. It had already been discussed in terms of um, a Reddit, a subreddit on the Bachelor franchise. Yeah, which, which you I'm, run. I, I'm a moderator. Oh, which, you're a moderator. I'm a moderator. Yeah. Um, and in a way, I almost feel like they kind of just gave me that title because I I liked communicating with them um, on Reddit and answering any questions that they had or anything like that. Um, so I had seen some rumblings of maybe Garrett's political leanings didn't fit with Becca's. Yeah. And I had, I had seen some people say, you know, there are some likes out there. If they ever came out, people would be very surprised. That's so interesting. Yeah. It's, then, <laughs> it's just so shocking. Cause no, I know. I It's one thing, and you've said this before in interviews, to be a different political leaning or to be conservative or to be Republican. And right. I think it doesn't, it's not consistent with those values to like a post that is looking at a school shooting survivor and calling him a crisis actor. Like that has right. nothing to do with conservative values. No, exactly. And that's why I was so shocked when I saw it, because at first I thought it was just going to be, oh, he's like a Trump supporter or something like that. Um, but I really felt like these were anti-human values. <laughs> yes. You know I mean, this is not, this is nothing to do with being a Republican, nothing to do with being a conservative. Um, and then I, I think that a lot of people thought I was trying to get him kicked off or, you know, I, I'm not even sure. I, I think they just focused on the politics of it. But my whole point was, it's hard to believe a love story between two people when you know how different they are in that aspect. Yes. I, um, <laughs> I always wonder this. I talk about it with my friends when we're watching on Monday nights. And I'm like, when do they discuss politics and religion? Because those, those things come up in marriage. <laughs> right. You can't, they gloss over. And I, I have to believe that they're discussed, but it's not shown on the show. You know, I, I really don't know how much they are discussed because I don't know if you've listened to Sean Lowe's podcast with Reality Steve. Oh, I haven't heard that one yet. He basically told Steve that on the night before he proposed to Catherine, he begged the producers to let him have some time with her, um, extra time, like even after their date, because he was like, I need to find out, is she okay with me being a Christian? Or if like, I want her to be a Christian or, you know, is this something that we're going to be able to see eye to eye on? So, I mean, they didn't have that talk until right before he proposed. 
Wow. So I, I think that it's very easy to get caught up in the romantic aspects of the show. And I think everyone likes to talk about traumatic things that have happened to them or um, their families, things like that. And I think that they hope that in the end, these will be easy things to overcome. But I almost wish it was like the first conversation they were having. Yeah, because even they talk about, you know, do you want a family? Oh, yeah, I want a family. That doesn't mean you're compatible. Like, how do you choose to raise a family? Are you interested in adoption? How do you want to raise your kids? How do you want to discipline your kids? What kind of schooling do you think they should have? You know, all of those things are part of parenting. And just because you want to have a baby, like, doesn't mean you both agree on how to raise a child. (laughs) I mean, I'm a nanny. So like, I get that. Like, (laughs) I'm almost like screaming at the TV a lot of times because I'm just like, you can't just say, oh, I want six kids. Like, (laughs) that's like, terrifying in terms of like, not even knowing how this person is going to be as a parent. Right. Um, But that even makes me think about, um, I, I didn't love that comment that Becca made to Blake after the final rose where she was like, yeah. I don't know how you'd be able to handle a sick kid. I thought that was like one of the harshest things I've ever heard on the after the final rose. Yeah, because he was anxious being on a reality <laughs> show in an extremely anxiety provoking environment. Right. Everyone's anxious. I mean, he handled a school shooting, so clearly he knows how to you know, deal with his fight or flight response. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that was very odd. I am partial to Becca because I am from Minneapolis originally. Uh And so it was so nice to be able to have them choose someone from the Midwest who I thought was quote unquote, like normal, not an LA, you know, trying to make it as an actress or model person. Um, But then after all of this, she's choosing to move to LA, which I don't blame her for weather so much nicer. (laughs) (laughs) Like I probably would do it too if I was her, but I hope she doesn't lose that like Minnesota love that she has. And I I hope it came through watching the show, how much she loves her hometown and her family and the values that they have. But it was shocking to me to find out that she ended up choosing a, a partner who seemed to be raised in an environment that was very different. Yeah. I mean, I think that once she uttered those words that he reminded her of her dad. Yeah. That was it. That's exactly (laughs) what I told my friends when I was watching. I was like, that's it. And I've lost a parent. And so as I understand that, you're looking for that comfort again that was like stripped away from you at a young age. And anyone or anything that reminds you or gives you that comfort again, you latch onto whether 100%. it's healthy or not. Yep. But no, I mean, I've I've seen their Instagram posts and they seem really happy. I wish them the best. Yeah, my parents, you know, voted differently. They were part of different parties. Um, I don't think they were as ideologically different as as the way things are right now but um you know they made it work but again those are all conversations that I think people have like prior to starting a life together and it's just fascinating to me that they don't seem to ever show that on 
on the show. Um, you mentioned secrets and behind the scenes. One thing that I've heard from you and um, like Olivia Caridi and others is how much they use like Frankenbites. I taking something that was said, dubbing it over uh, a different footage in a different context, and making it look like it was said in a certain sequence. And right. on this Bachelor in Paradise. Jacqueline said that things that she had said about Ari were actually Franken bought or bitten (laughs) (laughs) in this Bachelor in Paradise season when she was talking about Kenny and leaving the show. Yeah, they do that all the time. And I mean, I think that even when you're on the show, you have to be careful of what you say no matter what. Like I can remember one time that they were asking me to say something like, um, like there's not enough space in this house for two Ashleys or something like that. And I was like, I know what they're going to use that for. They're going to use it to create drama in some way. I was like, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to. Uh, right. But people feel, it, it seems as if they feel that their producer or their like person in the house that works for the show is their friend and right. they, I think, lines are blurred, at least on the the contestants' end. And they're like, well, I thought she was my friend. I thought she wanted what was best for me. I, she was telling me, oh, no, he still likes you. But right. I thought maybe he didn't anymore, you know? And so yeah. it's like, what are they doing? Do you, do you feel that contestants who sign up should – know that this is what's going on and be kind of smart enough and with it enough to know that there's going to be some sort of psychological manipulation? I think that if you've watched the show enough and you follow on Twitter or you have read any of Reality Steve's blogs or anything like that, um, I would hope that you would do your research before going on the show. Um, I, I feel like I've been very vocal about it. Other people have been very vocal about it. The thing that's hard is that when you are cast on the show, you're assigned a producer and they call you probably three weeks out before the show and they talk to you on the phone like a couple of nights a week trying to get to know you. And why that's a little dangerous is because everything that you're revealing could be used against you later. Um, Any sad stories, any you know, triggering stories, anything that you're terrified of. Um, Of course, you put those things in a questionnaire later on um, before the show. But I think it's those revealing conversations that you have with your producer that really make you feel like the producer is your friend. And then you spend a couple of days by yourself in a hotel before you go on the show, um, further isolating you. And you you really feel like the producer is one of your only friends, especially if you get on the show and you don't make that many friends in the house. Yeah. Then the only person you really can trust is your producer and maybe the lead if they're into you. Yeah, that's so crazy to me. I would never be able to withstand it psychologically. Ugh, it's tough. I'm a communicator. <laughs> I just need to talk to anyone and so to be isolated in a hotel without a phone or anything would 
drive me insane. And so I understand whenever I see people having meltdowns or behaving in what's not their probably best version of their self, I'm like, they're probably tired, they're probably hungry, and they haven't had a chance to talk to their friends or family for weeks. Right. I get it. Yeah. Um, Is there anyone on either the last few seasons or this season of Bachelor in Paradise that you think has gotten a really, like, unfair edit? Hmm. Trying to think of someone who I feel like is a a good person but didn't get a good edit. Hmm. That's tough. (laughs) It's okay if there's not someone. Yeah. What did you think of Crystal's edit on the show, on Ari season, versus how she's being portrayed on Bachelor in Paradise? I I feel like, I mean, she said those things. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's not like she didn't say them. And I, her changing her voice all those times, like that kind of freaked me out. I, I thought yeah. that was a little weird. But I think she seems to be a good person. I think think that we're getting to see a lot more of her on Bachelor in Paradise and she doesn't seem at all like she seemed on The Bachelor. But I think too that on The Bachelor, sometimes you do get to see the worst parts of people just because they really are not in their comfort zones. So a lot of times people are used to being like the cutest girl in the room or the most interesting girl in the room or something like that. So whenever they're not the only cute and interesting girl in the room, they freak out. Yeah. (laughs) Or it just pushes them to a place where they're not confident. And Mm -hmm. I mean, usually every girl on The Bachelor is confident in some ways. So this is new territory for them. And, um, you know, I I don't know how it feels to be like super interested in The Bachelor. Um, Just because on my season, I wasn't. You weren't so into Brad. Not at all. I I focused more on my friendships in the house. So I feel like I had an easier time. But then at the same time, whenever he eliminated me, I still cried for like three hours. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think that no matter who you are, there are a bunch of things during the show that can crush you as a person. Yes. And I think that being on The Bachelor made Crystal feel very uncomfortable, very out of her element. And I'm, I'm glad that she's getting or we're getting the chance to know her better on Bachelor in Paradise. I think the person I, I was thinking about this whole time I was talking, but the person who I think really got an unfair edit on their season was Taylor Nolan. Yes. I love her and I love her podcast and I think she's so smart. Um, I really hate the way that she was treated on Nick's season. Yeah, it um, was very odd because she never really seemed to lose her cool. No. At all. And Corinne, she just saw through everything with Corinne and felt the need to expose it. And I think had she let go of that, like feeling that need to expose Corinne for who she was and just be and focus on herself, that she would have been better off. But I don't think that's who she is as a person. If she sees some sort of like injustice or fakeness or rudeness, she feels the need to like shed light on that. Yeah. And I'm sure everyone in the house was feeling the same exact way. Um, 
And it was just Taylor thought she was probably doing the right thing by exposing that. Yeah. No, she seems like a very grounded person. Although I always wondered, someone that's in a profession that provides like mental health counseling um, or any sort of like, you know, nursing or doctor or anything, how hard that must be to be on a show like this because it really does expose you. It's very different that someone who works in the entertainment industry or in sales, it may not affect your career that way. But it certainly could affect, you know, if you're supposed to be, you know, a mental health counselor. (laughs) So I wondered, I'm like, if she just got out of graduate school and hasn't found a job, this could be a major barrier. Yeah, I think she's mentioned before that, um, you know, that does make it difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was so young when she went on too. I know. That it's also like you're asking 22 year olds to make decisions that like I have trouble making in my 30s. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like it's just, it's a little, yeah, unfair. Um, I think, and based on what you were saying, that some people like really thrive like you did in the bachelor environment because maybe they're not into the lead or maybe they really enjoy forming relationships with other women or other men. And, um, some people seem to thrive in paradise. And then at the opposite end of that is some people just cannot handle the bachelor or bachelor in paradise. Like those environments are very difficult for them. And one person I thought seemed to sort of thrive on the bachelorette was Leo He always seemed to calm. He never seemed to get aggravated with any of the other guys. They all seemed to like him, and he liked them. And then we see him on Bachelor in Paradise, and he just fell apart. Yeah. And I I was wondering if you had any thoughts on Becca M's uh, exposés on him. Yeah, I think with Leo, I got the sense that he wasn't that into Becca and even him not getting a one-on-one date until late in the season. I think that he probably just was playing a role most of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the guys in the house said that he was one of the funniest people in the house. So I think he was one of those people who probably just did form a lot of friendships. Um, And like I said, he's an actor. So he's great at, I think when he got that date, he milked it for what it was worth and he said the right things, but I'm not sure that he was really interested in Becca. Yeah. Um, but then to see him go on Paradise and apparently he had been um, seeing Kendall before Paradise. So oh. that's why he was very upset or something like that. I, I think I read that, that they had either gone on dates or they had already been talking. Okay. And I think... That's why he lost it. But his behavior on social media, his behavior while he was there, shows you what type of person Leo is. He takes no responsibility for his actions. He has no self-awareness. He, um, you know, whenever Becca, I call her baby Becca. <laughs> baby, <laughs> I call her babysitter's um, club Becca. <laughs> she looks like she belongs on the cover of a babysitter's club book. She's adorable. Oh, she totally does. I love her. And like, I, I love how she calls out a lot of people um, in The Bachelor as well. But whenever she brought those allegations forth, you know, I, I would have loved if Leo would have been like, wow, you know, if, if I 
if I ever made these women feel uncomfortable, I, I need to take a look within myself and think about like what I'm doing. But instead, he started attacking Becca. He was saying horrible things about her. Um, I don't know if you saw what happened with him and Amanda Stanton and him and Tanner and then yeah, him and me he and him and Nick. I mean, off he the lost deep it. deep end on social media and then claimed it was all satire. Right. And it's not. It's not funny. He's not funny. None of that is funny. <laughs> it was very odd. And he kept talking about school shootings and bullying. Oh, my God. But while he was bullying people on Twitter, you know. Right. And it was very odd. I had heard prior to him even being on the season that he had had a history of sending sort of derogatory messages to women on Instagram. Oh, yeah. He was definitely uh, – I mean, I had, I saw the original posts from someone where they said, like, he sent me, like, 20 dick pics or something like that. And then apparently she deleted it, and then he claimed it was because – um, it was photoshopped or something. I, I don't remember. The whole like, thing is very odd. If you are right. ever associated with sending dick pics, especially <laughs> unsolicited dick pics, which right. are probably 99.99% of all dick pics. Right. No one wants to see that. That's, that's, um, it's, it's odd. It's, it's beyond odd, but it's also like, is it the digital way of exposing yourself in public? Like some right. people get off on exposing themselves. There's like Louis C.K. very right. famously. But like what is it about doing this, that shock value, that taking agency away from women? It's it's sick. And I can't believe <laughs> that he was like, no one's ever accused me of sexual harassment to my face. I'm like, eh. You should probably look at your behavior and does right. any of that constitute sexual harassment? Right. Well, I was even thinking about, um, I think I saw this quote by Amber Rose today, and I or maybe it was yesterday. I hope I don't butcher it. But it was like, if 50 guys call a woman a hoe, you're more likely to believe it than if 50 women accuse a guy of sexual harassment. Yes, <laughs> Yeah. And it's so, I mean, there were so many allegations against him. So many people who were saying that he was sending unsolicited dick pics. I mean, that's not coming from nowhere. <laughs> yeah. People aren't it's, making this up. Exactly. Yeah. So that's been really interesting. Um, so he was definitely not a highlight of this season's Bachelor in Paradise. I think not at all. everyone kind of it'll be interesting to see the reunion or the men and women tell all or whatever they're calling it um, to see how people react to him. But one person that I think has had sort of a semi redemption is Jordan who, you know, the male model Zoolander type character who was very silly on Becca's season, very self-involved, but who seems to have sort of softened uh, starting a relationship with Jenna on Bachelor in Paradise. I was wondering what you think of, of that relationship. I, I think the same thing about Jordan, too, in terms of um, people going on that show to play a character. Mm -hmm. And they usually play up the character when they're not as interested in the lead. Um, but that's why we're not getting to see as much of character Jordan anymore, because I think he actually is interested in Jenna. And in some weird way, like 
they really work. Um, yeah, I agree. I, <laughs> I think of all the couples, I see them working the most, which is the weirdest thing for me to say. And who would have thought that like Jenna was going to be lady of Bachelor in Paradise? I know. Like, I love how many people have been interested in her. She is fan. So I think that she could be with many different people and it would work. But for like sure. for him, she's the one. Yeah. <laughs> like, he has no other option. <laughs> it's so cute. It it's really great. Is. What other couples do you see? Um, I don't know if you know spoilers. I actually don't. But progressing beyond paradise. I love Kevin and Astrid. Yeah. I think they're wonderful. Um, they I, are. I really love whenever we don't get to know a character that well. Um, on previous seasons and then you know they have this like wonderful relationship with someone who like we also don't know that well I, I didn't watch Winter Games so maybe that's why I don't know that much about um, Kevin but I know he was on a, a previous season of The Bachelor at Canada right he was like the winner yeah. mm-hmm. um, but so I think I think they're great I I want to say that I love Kendall and Grocery Store Joe but I also don't love how he picked her, and I don't know necessarily if she really picked him. Yeah. And she just keeps going along with it. He deserves the best. <laughs> I love Grocery Store Joe. He reminds yeah. me of, like, everyone I grew up with. Yeah, he's wonderful. He's just honest. You know, he thinks before he talks most of the time. couple comments he's made about women's bodies didn't appreciate so yeah, much. Not but right. <laughs> that is sort of your kind of average dude from the Midwest. And he seems really sweet. Um, I loved seeing Kevin on Bachelor in Paradise because in Winter Games, we really didn't get to know him other than someone Ashley was dating, Ashley I. And this time where he was really opening up about the impact of the failed engagement and then failed relationship with Ashley I had on him, where he's like, I really thought this was going to work and I was all in. And you get off TV and it doesn't work in the real world. And I was shocked each time. He's like, and I have no one to talk to here. This is why I go to therapy twice a week. No, I love that conversation. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) So great. So great. So what do you think? Okay, before we get into T and Colton, want to address the guy who's really kept it cool but has actually been with more women than anyone else ben mojan <laughs> the sleeper agent he if anyone else went out with as many women as he has i think they would people would not be okay with it and they totally would call not. him out as being a player right I but because he's it. like dorky and nerdy then People don't seem to have the same reaction to it. I didn't appreciate how he broke up with Jubilee and that was not shown on the show. I don't understand that at all. I bet he did not break up with her very nicely and they wanted him to have a good edit. I can't think of any other reason that 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 they would not show what I thought was like such a critical piece (laughs) Yeah, I had heard that, um, and I don't know if this is true. I, I just read this on, I think, even the subreddit. But someone was saying that um, Jubilee has become increasingly hard to produce 
um, on Bachelor in Paradise, and that that was maybe why they didn't give that to her. What does didn't it mean give her when like someone's an hard to produce? That you just won't give them the shots or the comments that they would like to get from you. Okay, so she's just yeah. being true to who she is and not yes. saying what people want her to say. Exactly. Got it. Okay. Mad yeah. respect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's a great thing. Like, But you can always tell in terms of an exit package, like if um, the if, when people choose to leave, they usually don't get one, and that's because producers are pissed. <laughs> yeah, they don't want anyone to choose to leave. Although... Right. Colton chose to leave and he got quite the package and now he is the <laughs> next bachelor. Right. So what do you think made producers give him all of that? I think that um, reality, Steve and I were talking about this last night, but when I first saw Colton in his package for the bachelorette, I was like, he's going to be bachelor. Like, He's exactly what the franchise has always wanted. He's attractive. He's like all-American football player. He's kind of funny, I guess. Um, He donates, you know, he has his own charity. He donates a lot of his time to that. He, um, he's Christian. He talks a lot about that. Um, He cries. He is I'd say indecisive. Like these are all things that they love in a bachelor. Yeah. And I really feel like after all of the scandals um, between Garrett and Lincoln and Leo, um, they really wanted to pick someone that they didn't think they would have those same issues with. And he's a safe choice. He is. It is so interesting, though, the indecisiveness, because <laughs> I I get it makes a good show, and right. I think it was difficult for people like Caitlin Bristow, who I think is very decisive and knew very early on that Sean was going to be the guy at the end. Um, right. But Sean, uh, the other Sean, Sean Lowe, seemed to be all of these same qualities, but not indecisive, just much more reserved about how, he wasn't as obvious right? In, in who he was interested in. It sounds like they want a mix between Sean Lowe and Ben Higgins, someone who's not so indecisive like Ben Higgins that it actually causes a relationship to fall apart. Right. But someone, I literally said yeah. that last night. Really? Like, <laughs> Colton is a mashup of Sean and Ben Higgins. Totally. With probably the best qualities of both. Yeah. So I don't understand a lot of the Colton hate. I think I was very skeptical of him. I did a podcast with uh, Washington Post reporters Lisa Bonos and Emily Yar, where we was we kind of called him out of sort of like, does he fame fuck? Although not <laughs> fuck, but like, is he... Right. <laughs> He's going after, you know, Allie Raisman, and then he went on The Bachelor. But before that, he dated Tia, who was also from The Bachelor. So, like, how many famous women is he after? And is that something that he's, like, interested in? Or was he interested in Allie Raisman because she's an incredible athlete and an incredible woman, you know? And then 
did he want to go on The Bachelor just like or Bachelorette just the same way all those other guys wanted to go on just to try you know and then he just kind of got caught up in that narrative which I don't think he created for himself people like me put that narrative on him (laughs) you know yeah it's like you're skeptical you're like who is this guy and why is he dating famous women yeah I mean part of me is like I don't know if Colton is smart enough to like (laughs) Um, and then I I hope I'm not giving him like (laughs) uh I hope I'm not assuming too much about him but I also feel like he he might have chosen Allie just because I think he seems to struggle with an athlete's life and maybe he was hoping that like if there was another athlete they would understand certain things I'm not sure uh but then again the things I'm hearing from people about uh you know wanting to date famous people or to be famous or you know have this level of fame and bachelor nation which is like c-list at best (laughs) um everyone goes on the show to do that and it's the reason why a lot of people even after the season tend to date in bachelor nation because they want to keep their names out there or like get a lot of likes on their pictures or things like that you know he's not any different than a lot of people who have done the same thing right I mean, in a way, like, Nick kind of did the same thing. Nick (laughs) went after Caitlyn after Andy's season. And so I I don't think it's that big of a deal. To everyone who um, I was kind of, like, having this Colton argument with on Twitter, The Bachelor really has nothing to do with their season. Like, we all watch for the women anyway. Yeah, that's um, so true. We just want to see who gets along with who, who's fighting with who, what everyone's story is, you know. Right. I mean, like, Colton's barely going to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I am excited to to potentially see a real guy who's, quote unquote, there for the right reasons. I felt like one of the reasons that... Sean Lowe was such a good bachelor because he was like a born again virgin. So he was much more focused on like, who can I actually have a long term relationship with than right. just like, who am I interested in sleeping with in the next yeah. few weeks? Right. So that seems to it. Maybe it'll work. I know Ari is, you know, going to get married and all that. But that didn't go that his indecisiveness was on a scale that was a, a bit too far. Totally. But yeah, I think I think he'll be all right. And I'm not entirely sure why people are so upset. I think it was less about Colton and more about how invested people were in Blake and Jason. Right. You know, and it's it's always that way. I mean, yeah. people were so pissed when it was Ari instead of uh, Peter, Peter. <laughs> yeah. Or um, I'm trying. I mean, even when Sean was cast, I mean, people were pissed. It wasn't Ari. So it's like. It, it happens every year. Like you, you pick your person, you're mad when it's not them, but you're still going to watch. <laughs> yeah. The only person they've ever like leaked that it could be and then pulled back, I think was Kayla Quinn. Oh yeah. I remember that. And she was one person that I was just not interested in watching. I don't know nothing to personally against her. I just, She's one of those people I feel like I could spend hours and hours with and still not even scratch the service. Like I wouldn't, I felt like I couldn't get to know her. You know, I felt the same way about her. Um, And then I met her and, you know, I've met her a 
or when I met her, it was a couple of years off of the show. And I think she's learned so much about herself Mm -hmm. um, from being on the show and then being on Bachelor in Paradise, especially where now she knows not to seem so perfect on camera and to be honest about how she's feeling and things like that. Um, I, I almost feel like if she could be the bachelorette now, it would be wonderful. It would be a totally but, different thing, but she had yeah. to learn. She had to go through that process. Yes. Yeah. Um, but she's in a happy relationship now, so I'm sure she's not even worried about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so to wrap things up, a couple questions. Who are some of your all-time favorite people in Bachelor Nation that you think that we should pay more attention to? Oh, wow. Um, let's see. I mean, I love Jillian Harris, but I mean. Yes. She, she doesn't need the attention. Like, she's very yeah. um, popular. I love Deanna. I love mm. um, Michael Sagliano. I love Graham oh, Barr. Yeah. Um, I love Ali Fedotowski. I love William Holman. I love <laughs> Kirk, uh, Kirk DeWitt. I love, I mean, I Wait, have... was Kirk the one that broke up with Carly? Yes. Oh, and he's also <laughs> from Minneapolis. <laughs> Um, let's see who else. I love Michael Garofalo. Um, I love, hmm, now that I like have to think about. Michelle Money is a personal (gasps) favorite of mine. I love Michelle Money. Love her. I love Tinley. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still really good friends with, um, four girls from my season. Uh, Lisa Morrissey, Marissa May, Britt Griffith, um, Allie Travis, and of course, Ashley A. Bear. <laughs> um, God, who else? Those are all great people. <laughs> and then do you watch other reality TV besides The Bachelor? This is really crazy, but I don't. I, yeah, like, my no, other I think... favorite is that Great British Bake Off. And oh, <laughs> yes. No, people are so into that. I'm a huge Housewives fan. Okay. And most of my podcasts focus on housewives. Okay. But it's it's hard because I feel like I forgot who said this. It's like you're a housewives person or you're a bachelor person. It's like being a yeah. dog person or a cat person. But yeah. I'm both. And it's no, tough. That, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> I tried to watch two episodes of um Real Housewives of New York last night actually and I was just like I have no idea what's going on I <laughs> highly recommend starting from the beginning of this season of Real Housewives of Dallas it's, oh, okay. they're great okay. these women are fantastic it just started season three it's not hard to follow the storylines um that's it, they're amazing women and so interesting and they're the most real Okay, I will check it out. I feel like I, I'm almost like to the top of like what I can handle in terms of yeah shows. It's also uh, like books, podcasts. If you ever, you know, I don't know, have surgery or something like yeah. that, and you just like can't move for a while. Okay, you know, um, it, those are or like just you know get really sick. I don't know. That's when I binge. I'm like, yeah. no, I love that. I had appendicitis last year, and that's how I I got into some of these shows. No, I mean, it's the best thing to do whenever you're not feeling great. Yeah, so where can we find you on social media and also the podcast universe? 
Okay, so I do a podcast with Reality Steve right now called He Said, She Said. It's so Um, good. (laughs) We actually filmed uh, or recorded two episodes last night, um, and they're pretty crazy. So uh, the next two are going to be really great. Um, You can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Ashley Spivey. And then I also have a book club on Facebook called Spivey's Book Club. Um, and it's my passion project. I really love it. We almost have 10,000 members right now. Um, it's a great place to just find out, you know, what's good to read out there. Um, you learn about a lot of my favorite recommendations. We read one to two books a month together and discuss them at the end of the month. Um, that's so cool. Do you read (laughs) more newer books or like old or Um, fiction or nonfiction? It's mostly fiction, mm-hmm. um, but I, I feel like we do a good job of doing both um, in terms of newer and older books. Um, I just read two great ones that I'd love to recommend. Um, what are they? Okay, so they actually, the other one of them's coming out September 11th, so you have to wait a little while for it, but it's called The Dinner List. Okay. Um, and it's about, you know, people ask all the time, what are who are five people you would have dinner with, like any five people that you could do it. And this girl has a birthday dinner with Audrey Hepburn, an old professor, her dad who passed away, an ex, and then her best friend. And so the book takes place over the course of a dinner with these five people um, as they kind of discuss their relationships to each other, love, um, tragic events, things like that. And it's one of the best books I've read this year. That's so cool. But what a cool (laughs) idea for a book. It's so good. I mean, I love that. I was sobbing so hard. I couldn't see at one point. Um, But I I highly recommend it. The other one is by Taylor Jenkins Reid. It's called Daisy Jones and the Six. It kind of reminds me of like a, a Fleetwood Mac uh, biography or something like that. It's one of the only books that I've ever read that includes like a whole album of songs that she wrote too. Um, that are it's at the end of the book, um, but you can kind of like hear the soundtrack in your head. Reese Witherspoon just bought the rights to it to make it into a show. Um, wow. but it's not going to be out until March, but uh, definitely keep that on your radar. That's so cool. I love. <laughs> I did not know about the book club. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. That's awesome. What a cool can... project. <laughs> I love it. Um, I could talk about books all day. I'm a huge reader, but I read a lot of nonfiction. I'm kind of a okay. nerd. <laughs> I, I'm down for nonfiction. You can give me a couple of nonfiction recommendations and I can give you some fiction. Totally. I'll, I'll follow up. I'm into a lot of like true crime stuff right Ooh, now, like that. old school and like cult things. Yeah. <laughs> Jonestown and like the Manson family. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. My brother was like, "What? You read this before bed?" <laughs> That's intense. Did you read um, "I'll Be Gone in the Dark"? No, but it's on my list. Okay, I, I know a lot of people are saying you can't read that before bed. Yeah, that's probably one that I I would more of a day book. Yeah. But I'm reading about the Manson family and Helter Skelter, and it's not creeping me out before bed. 
<laughs> I don't know. Maybe something's wrong with me. <laughs> That's intense. Yeah. See, I have to read fiction. I have to read like happy things before I go to bed. I'm more just curious. It's written from the perspective of one of the lawyers that prosecuted. And Ooh. so he's like writing about his experience trying to like piece together what happened before mm-hmm. going to trial. And then also what it was like for him and his family who were, he was just like a normal district attorney and then all of a sudden there was this case that he landed that put him in the international media spotlight wow you know in this in the late 60s so it's like very it's it's similar it's just interesting to hear what it was like back then because you've got these crazy cases that people get wrapped up with now with technology and people can watch the trials on tv and they read about them and they follow them on twitter but back in the late late 60s there was only so much information coming out and people would take it and just make these crazy stories that weren't true about what happened and you know there was all this stuff about leaks and it's just fascinating things you know the more they change the more they stay the same right (laughs) No, I just got done watching The Staircase, so I feel like that's that's mm-hmm. a lot like that, too. Yeah. People make up so many crazy stories. It's, it's nuts. Well, thank you so much for being on this podcast. I so appreciate it and love to get your insight for all things The Bachelor, and we'll definitely stay in touch. No, thank you for having me on. I feel like I could have talked to you for like two more hours. Oh, definitely. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to do this again soon. We will. <laughs> Take care. So that concludes this week's episode of Is This Real Life? Thank you so much for joining. Please be sure to subscribe on either iTunes or SoundCloud and follow on social media at ITRL underscore podcast. See you next week. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> Bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.